Ever considered how a misplaced punctuation mark or a typo can cost a fortune? There are instances where it has, right? Absolutely. Take Lockheed Martin, one of the largest aircraft manufacturers in the world. In 1969, they had a major error that led to the loss of a $70 million contract. Wow, all for a typo? Well, it was a minor punctuation error. It was a misplaced comma in an important contract. As a result, the way the contract was understood changed, leading to a significant financial loss. That's an expensive comma. Indeed. It was a harsh lesson, but it does underline the immense importance of accurate business writing. You know, from my experiences in writing business proposals, even a minor ambiguity can cause a major misunderstanding, sometimes jeopardizing the deal. It's fascinating how writing, one of the simplest forms of communication, can either elevate or bring down businesses. It's a skill so crucial that many of us take for granted. And that's exactly why we're here today, to delve deeper into mastering competence in business writing. Through this episode, we would like to shed light on strategies to enhance written business communication with great examples, tips, and exercises. Given how a misplaced punctuation can even sway a million-dollar contract, we need to stress the significance of good writing in business. But Olivia, what to you makes good business writing? On a basic level, Chris, good business writing is clear and concise. It conveys the message directly without any ambiguity. It's not about using big words to sound intelligent, but focusing on delivering your point in a straightforward manner without unnecessary fluff. It's not about overcomplicating things with jargon, then. Exactly, Chris. The aim of business writing should always be to communicate, not to overwhelm or confuse. While wider vocabulary has its place in literature, in business, clarity should always win over complexity. This doesn't mean that we dismiss the use of field-specific terminologies, just that they should be used appropriately. I agree. Business writing is an essential part of our professional lives. Ineffective communication can misrepresent a company's brand identity and even lead to lost opportunities. You're completely right, Chris. Good business writing reflects a clear thought process and shows respect for the reader's time. It removes any chance of misinterpretation and sets the right expectations. A correspondence filled with errors or unclear messages can potentially damage the reputation of the brand and lead to loss of trust among clients. Let's tackle some samples of business writing, shall we? I've got one here that's an absolute train wreck. Oh, this will be interesting. Go ahead. A recent email from a company says, We hereby herald the product launch event for our latest innovative solution, empowering digital transformations across verticals. I mean, what does this even mean? I'm imagining someone staring blankly at their screen after reading that. Was this for an internal event? No, Chris. This was an invitation email to customers. The jargon and vague language here is just overwhelming. And the phrase, empowering digital transformations across verticalities, helps no one. It's neither clear to the tech-savvy, nor to those less familiar with digital terms. Well, do you have a better example? Glad you asked. This is a similar email invitation from another company. Join us for the launch of our latest product. It will drive digital change in your business. Simple, isn't it? Definitely. The latter message hits the sweet spot between too casual and unintelligible jargon. And that's the key, Chris. Good business writing isn't about sounding fancy. 
It's about being clear, concise, and respectful of your audience's time. You want your reader to walk away with a precise understanding of your message, not puzzled about what they've just read. Couldn't put it more succinctly. After reading the second email, one understands it's about a product that's going to help their business adapt to digital changes. These are excellent examples. Exactly, Chris. Clarity always prevails. So, Olivia, having compared different styles of business writing, let's now talk about maintaining consistency and flow. As an expertise in content development, any tips for our listeners? Great point. Consistency in tone and style is vital. You don't want to be formal in the first paragraph and casual in the next. This can be quite jarring for the reader. As for flow, your thoughts should be logically connected, guiding the reader through your message instead of leaving them confused. You should always ask, will the reader grasp my point in one reading? That makes sense. In presentations too, I've noticed that inconsistent data interpretation or conflicting numbers make it hard for the audience to stay engaged. Exactly. It's the same for written communication. Like your train of thought, each paragraph should smoothly lead to the next. To maintain a good flow, let's avoid abrupt transitions or deviations from the main topic. I can relate to that. When I'm reading a proposal, if it wanders off topic too much, it's hard for me to follow and remember the core message. I agree. And it's not just about retaining attention. It's about respecting the reader's time. We're all busy, and no one wants to spend extra time deciphering a message that could have been delivered clearly and succinctly. Right. So creating a structure and sticking to it is key. A well-organized piece will likely grab and hold the reader's attention better. Any final tip? Just think of it from the reader's perspective. Would you enjoy reading a randomly compiled email? Or would you prefer a logically sorted one? I believe framing our thoughts from the reader's viewpoint can help us overcome most writing challenges. Let's dive into common errors in business writing, shall we? Definitely. A good starting point. I've seen a repeated mistake in proposals, vague language, too much jargon, fancy terms. They don't enhance clarity. Instead, it muddles the message. Right. And that's a problem. If your reader can't understand your message, you've failed your goal. When I was in content development, we faced it often. I believe simplicity is the beauty of any communication, even in business writing. I couldn't agree more. Now, another bugbear of mine is lengthy sentences. When I read a proposal, if there are massive chunks of text, it's an immediate turnoff. Absolutely. Business writing doesn't need to be a novel. Long sentences can confuse your reader or make them lose interest. The key is to be concise. Say what you need to. Nothing more, nothing less. But sometimes when we try to be concise, we miss essential details. I've faced such scenarios. How to ensure we aren't missing anything important? Well, there's a fine line between concise and incomplete. It comes down to focusing on your key points and ensuring they're well-crafted. Also, remember, before hitting send, always revisit what you've written. That makes sense. So it's about balancing clarity, conciseness, and completeness. Another issue I've seen is the overuse of jargons. It feels like people are more focused on sounding smart than on clear communication. Yes, you shouldn't assume your reader knows all the technical terms. 
Too much jargon can hinder understanding. You can always explain the term or use more common language to express the same thing. Now, another frequent mistake I spot is grammar and punctuation errors. They may seem petty, but they can mirror your professional image. I see such small mistakes can indeed have a larger impact. This discussion has shed light on common errors in business writing, and I hope our listeners will find it helpful. So, Chris, we agree vagueness and overuse of jargon are pitfalls in business writing, correct? Let's dig into these meet the issues head on. Absolutely, Olivia. Clarity in business writing is key. Let's start with vague writing. Ambiguity often stems from fear of commitment, lack of certainty, or perhaps an attempt to play it safe. Can you imagine receiving an investment proposal that is non-committal? It's frustrating. I agree. It's like trying to read a map with no clear destination. Your reader shouldn't have to decipher your message, right? Right, Olivia. Now let's look at the overuse of business jargon. While some jargon can be necessary in certain contexts, it's always best to speak in a language your audience understands. Overusing jargon can come off as pretentious and even alienate your readers. I've seen instances in content development where a complex term is thrown into an article intended for a general audience. It disrupts the flow and confuses the reader. So, how do we counteract this, Chris? Well, two words, Olivia, simplify and specify. When we simplify, we make our communication accessible, and when we specify, we make it certain. Let's use everyday words when we can and wherever necessary. Redefine technical or industry specifics in simpler terms. I couldn't agree more, Chris. It's about putting the audience first and understanding their perspective. After all, the best communication happens when the audience understands your message clearly. I once read an email from a high-ranking official to one of the clients, which, due to its poor writing, nearly put the company in a compromising position. Really? What happened exactly? So here's the scoop. The email was about a proposed business partnership, and it was laden with vague expressions and needlessly complex jargon. The overall message was lost in the verbosity, and the client ultimately misunderstood the proposal. As a result, they expressed their concerns about doing business with a company that lacked clear communication. Now that's a reality check, isn't it? Undoubtedly. A poorly written piece of communication can cause such a big dent. But what can one do about it? How can people ensure their writing doesn't lead to such misinterpretations? First, it's about practicing. The more you write, the better you become at it. Get feedback from your peers or use available tools to check for clarity and coherence. Second, keep your language simple and comprehensible. If a 10th grader can't understand your writing, you need to simplify it further. Exactly. Also, develop a style guide that everyone in the company follows. This not only guarantees consistency, but also reduces ambiguities. Absolutely. And lastly, before sending anything, always double-check for spelling and grammar errors. I use Grammarly. What about you, Chris? I use ProWritingAid. It's pretty good, too. Anyway, I think these strategies should help improve business writing and avoid such misinterpretations in the future. Let's now get to the heart of business writing, drafting emails and reports. What are your initial thoughts, Chris? Clearness and concise language are vital, Olivia. 
But remember to start with an engaging headline that's brief yet descriptive. It grabs attention instantly. Absolutely. Moving ahead, in the actual body of the email or report, always introduce the purpose of the communication from the get-go. Right. Also, the use of bullet points or numbered lists can make complex information digestible. Particularly in reports, they create a logical flow. Good point. And remember, distinct sections must be defined, and arguments must be supported with substantial evidence, especially in a report. And when wrapping up, a brief summary helps the reader remember key findings. However, I'm curious, Olivia, what tips do you have for dealing with a situation where you can't avoid jargon? In such a case, make sure to first introduce the term, explain it, and then use it. However, try to always substitute jargon with simpler words if possible. Great point. We also need to be careful about our tone, right? Helpful and respectful, not authoritarian. Definitely, Chris. Tone can make or break your message. And finally, proofread. Typos or grammar errors can ruin the impression you're trying to create. Olivia, for this interactive session, we have some sample business writings from our listeners that they asked us to critique. Let's see the first one. Sure, Chris. Let's do this. This one seems to be an email. The sender begins by addressing the recipient by their first name. That's relatable and informal, and it sets a friendly tone. The opening line is clear and direct, coupling the purpose of correspondence with a warm greeting. However, an area for improvement lies in the use of acronyms without clarification. Not everyone might know what ROI stands for. True, Chris. It would be wise to first introduce the full form of an acronym and then use it, isn't it? Definitely, Olivia. That eliminates any possible confusion. I also see some longer sentences. Breaking down these sentences into two or three clear thoughts would improve readability. And check out this use of technical jargon. It's complicated language and can create a barrier for some readers. What's your take, Chris? Totally agree, Olivia. Plain language can go a long way in ensuring your message gets across. At the end, I see the sender signs off with their name, position, and company. That's a professional touch. Despite these areas of improvement, I like how the sender has maintained a respectful and helpful tone throughout, balancing formality with rapport. Overall, I'd say not a bad attempt. Remember, business writing is not about showing off vocabulary, but about communicating clearly and effectively. Thanks to our listener for sharing this. Now, on to the next writing. Let's switch gears a bit and look at vocabulary. In business writing, the choice of vocabulary can reveal much about the author's professionalism and their understanding of the business world. Indeed, particularly using key business terms accurately is paramount. Jargon, while it can be overbearing at times, gives a certain credibility to your writing. It shows that you've done your homework and speaks to your authority in the matter. However, you must avoid the temptation to use intricate language to sound smart. Your primary goal is clarity. Even if you use the fanciest business terms, they would mean nothing if your point doesn't come across clearly. Agreed. Now, getting to punctuation and grammar, they're not just minutiae. They ensure your message is interpreted as you've intended. A misplaced comma or a questionable use of a word can create misunderstanding. That's right, Chris. Consider this example. I'm sorry I won't be able to join the meeting. Happy to discuss it later. 
that comma gave the sentence a complete different meaning, as opposed to pausing after sorry and starting a new sentence. An important reminder. It might seem tedious focusing on these details, but they have weight. Overlooking grammar and punctuation is like serving a gourmet dish with a side of dirt. It distracts from the actual content and reduces credibility. Chris, you've put it so well. Ensuring meticulousness in your writing communicates respect towards your reader and your business. Isn't it amazing how a simple punctuation mark or grammatical rule can shape the entire meaning of a sentence? Like, let's eat grandma versus let's eat grandma. Totally different vibes, right? Exactly. In business writing, such details become even more important. You could, unintentionally, create a wrong impression about the company or cause misunderstandings. Oh, and not to forget the infamous Dear Sirs mistake. Many businesses have faced backlash for using this gender-specific salutation in their emails and letters. It's crucial to keep inclusivity in mind. Right, and the misuse of its and its. Its is a possessive pronoun, while its is a contraction of it is or it has. Not sure about you, Olivia, but seeing these interchanged in a professional document can be cringeworthy for me. Oh, Chris, tell me about it. And while we're at it, let's take a moment to talk about active and passive voice. The active voice promotes clear and efficient communication, which is so essential in business writing. Absolutely. Imagine writing, the project was completed by the team, versus, the team completed the project. The second one sounds decisive and confident. And confidence is key in business. But Chris, what about those who struggle with remembering all these grammar rules? Are there any tools you could recommend? Great point, Olivia. There are several grammar checker tools available online. Grammarly, Pro Writing Aid, Hemingway App, to name a few. These tools can really help in improving grammar and avoiding common errors in business writing. Chris, polite and formal communication tends to be the hallmark of business writing, wouldn't you say? That's certainly true, Olivia. It's paramount for professionals to remain courteous and formal, both verbally and non-verbally. But we also need to strike that balance of maintaining professionalism without becoming overly stiff. Yes, that's a great point. An excess of formality can sometimes hinder the authentic communication we were talking about earlier. It's about being considerate, without sounding robotic. Absolutely. And using inclusive language is also a way of demonstrating politeness. It's not just about saying please and thank you. Inclusive language. Yes, that's so essential. Like avoiding gender-specific salutations in emails, right? Exactly, Olivia. Using gender-neutral greetings like dear team or dear all is a good practice. And this extends beyond salutations too. I noticed some businesses using casual language on social media channels and emails. What's your take on that, Chris? Well, it depends. A more relaxed language could be a good strategy if it aligns with the company's brand identity and the communication is still clear. But one should always maintain a level of professionalism. That makes sense. The goal isn't to clone formality, but to be sincere while maintaining professional standards. Yes. Being sincere and transparent will make communication more effective, even when it's formal. After all, behind every business communication, there is a person, and they deserve respect. Imagine reading an email that is entirely about the sender's accomplishments, Chris. Engaging or tedious? Tedious, definitely. 
That's a common pitfall I've seen in business communication where the writer becomes too self-centric. Exactly. That's why it's critical to remember that effective business writing isn't just about expressing our ideas. It's a two-way street, focused on engaging readers and keeping them invested. We don't just write to our audience. We write for them. Couldn't have put it better. Placing readers' perspective at the centre helps us tailor the message. But Olivia, how can we ensure our business writing is reader-engaging? Great question, Chris. One strategy is to use the you attitude. It's a writing strategy that speaks to the reader by focusing more on you and less on I or we. It's engaging because it addresses the reader's needs and interests. Okay, so instead of saying, I have completed the project, I could say, the project you requested is now complete. The latter sounds more engaging, doesn't it? Exactly. It's more about the reader and less about you. Another strategy is using active voice. Instead of writing, the report was reviewed by the team, you can keep the reader engaged by saying, the team reviewed the report. So the you attitude and active voice makes text more relatable and direct. Incredible. And anything else? Absolutely, Chris. Lastly, it's crucial to maintain a conversational yet professional tone. A formal tone can be off-putting, while too much casualness can compromise your authority. Striking that balance requires a fair understanding of the reader's context and preferences. Right. So we have to think from the reader's perspective, use the you attitude, keep the message direct with the active voice, and maintain a conversational yet professional tone. Thanks, Olivia. So speed with quality, it's a tough balance, isn't it, Chris? Certainly, Olivia but the fast-paced business environment often makes it a necessity. Do you happen to have any practical techniques for this? Well, I have a few, Chris. One approach that I've found useful, particularly when I'm drafting emails, is to pre-plan my content. Even if it's just a simple outline, jotting down my main points and ensuring they align with my goals tends to expedite the writing process. And of course, it helps keep my communication clear. That makes sense. I've also found that setting a timer can really boost efficiency. Limiting the time I spend drafting an email forces me to focus and avoid getting bogged down in details. Oh, absolutely. And it's also key to remember that not every document needs to be a masterpiece. It's more about effectively conveying your message. Rereading and proofreading are important, but editing to perfection can be time-consuming. Recognizing when your message is good enough and moving on, can enhance your speed dramatically. I couldn't agree more, Olivia. We don't necessarily have to be formal and exhaustive every time. There are times where brief and concise messages work better, but it's essential to match the communication style with your audience and purpose, isn't it? Yes, indeed. It's like learning to dance to the rhythm of each specific situation. Higher-ups may prefer a slightly formal tone, while your peers may appreciate a more direct and to-the-point approach. And of course, familiarity with business vocabulary cuts back on a lot of the time spent trying to articulate complex concepts. In a nutshell, good preparation, time management, maintaining a message-oriented approach, and a firm grip on business language seems to be the recipe for quick and effective business writing. Chris, it's strangely satisfying to almost finish exploring this crucial skill of mastering competence in business writing, isn't it? I can't deny that, Olivia. 
we uncovered a lot of aspects and practicalities around business writing. But, I wonder, how about throwing it to our listeners and getting some real-time queries? Yes, I believe there are a wealth of experiences and struggles out there. So let's hear them out, Chris. Hi, Olivia and Chris. I often struggle with maintaining formality in my writing without coming off as stiff or impersonal. Any advice? Great question. Here's the thing. In maintaining formality, think about the clarity of your message, your tone, and structure. Be direct and clear with your sentences. And remember, it's not always about using big words or formal phrases. It's about respecting your reader's time by being efficient with your words. I would add that it's not always about reducing formality. It's about striking a balance between formality and a relational tone. Think about it this way. Even in a formal context, you're still dealing with a human on the other end. So try to incorporate elements that denote respect and consideration. That can sometimes make the conversation feel more authentic. Hi, I often feel overwhelmed by business jargon and technical terminologies. How to deal with this? I believe that's something which most of us have struggled with. It's okay not to know every jargon or terminology. But when you come across a term you don't understand, take time to look up its meaning and usage. Over time, consider building your own glossary as a reference. I'd also say that business jargon is just a shorthand for explaining complex ideas. Don't let it intimidate you. And remember, a well-phrased simple sentence can be as powerful as any jargon-filled one.